Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast. And today I want to start it off by talking about my downfall as an adult from the after-school snack. So this was the snack that you would have, just like it sounds, right after school, and you would come home and you would eat a little snack. So now in my adult life, I literally, every time I come home, it could be from going out to dinner, it could be coming home from work, it could be literally coming home from going to a friend's house, and I feel, as soon as I walk through the door, a compelling force for me to go into the kitchen and get a snack. I don't... I'm not even, like, that hungry. Again, like, I could be coming back from a dinner, and I decide, whatever. It's weird. Nonetheless, um, today's episode, I wanted to talk about a wide variety of things like normal, but primarily focus on being alone versus feeling lonely. So obviously I have recently moved and I've, I don't know how many times I can mention that before maybe someone will be like, Sarah, we get it, you moved. Anyways, recently moved and I am the only single person in my office, meaning I'm the only person that is not in a couple. I'm one of the few that aren't married and I live on my own and I do a lot of things on my own. I don't really spend that much time with other people. And being an extrovert, it's been a really difficult adjustment for me. I think the thing that I am trying to take the most amount of comfort in because I was laying on the beach the other day all by myself and it was a great day like I took my e-bike which by the way oh my gosh I took my e-bike or I take my e-bike I take my e-bike to and from work every day and yesterday on my commute home I was like why is this so much harder than it normally is and so I was I got home and I was like is like my tire flat like do I need to pump it and Sure enough, there's a giant tack in my tire. So completely deflated. And for those of you that have an e-bike, an e-bike is about like 65 pounds. And so I have to then walk my 65 pound e-bike like a mile and a half to a bike shop and have them get it fixed. And I don't know how much I was expecting it to be to get my tire fixed at this bike shop, but it was $77. And that fully, fully surprised me. I don't know why I thought it was going to be like 50 max. And also, are you supposed to tip at places like that? I am so, tipping culture has gone way over my head. I recently saw a meme that said, me after spending time with my friends and making them laugh the whole time and it was the tip screen of like 10 15 20 percent and i'm just like i really am at such a loss for who is deserving of a tip and who is not and what that culture is like because for me i started using uber before you were supposed to tip your ubers and so now i'm like am i supposed to tip or is this like Am I not supposed, like, I I genuinely don't know. Like, do you tip a taxi driver? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is here. So I don't know what the, the tipping etiquette is. And if someone could please elaborate and inform me, I would absolutely love that because I genuinely 
I'm so confused on tipping culture, but that is beside the point. I rode my e-bike to the beach the other day and super active beach, very, very young crowd in terms of there are toddlers there. <laughs> Not in terms of other people my age, but moreover that there are toddlers there. And I was sitting there reading a book and there was this couple that was near me and oh they were so annoying. They were so annoying. They like, they were just, everything that they were saying, I was like, oh my God, can you shut up? And they started bickering and they started like fighting and arguing. I'm like, how can you argue at the beach of all places to argue? Like that is so weird to me. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my God. And they finally walk away. I was like, thank God I could not handle that any longer. And then I start falling asleep and I'm awoken by children screaming and yelling and throwing food near me so that seagulls are coming over near me. And I am just like, where are these people's parents? Where are they? And then all these kids are screaming all of a sudden and I just was immediately taken out of my serenity of being at the beach and really was thankful for being alone. Like I can go home and have just peace and quiet. Like if I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to hear anybody else speaking. And although that's not what I want for the rest of my life, I do want somebody to share a life with. I'm trying to relish in the fact that I don't need constant attention from other people. I don't need to be around people. I'm really trying to relish in the fact that I am alone. And there will be a point in my life where I look back extremely fondly on the years that I had alone because there's going to be a time when I have a significant other. There's going to be a time where I have a child. And the time that I have alone is going to diminish to virtually nothing, especially if I do choose to have a child. That, I'm going to have zero alone time. I'm always going to be around child. I'm always going to have to tend to my child until I die. Like, that is going to be my life going forward. And so I've really decided that because my life right now isn't exactly how I want it to end up, doesn't mean that I'm not in a good spot. So what I mean by that is, again, I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. I really don't. And I know I've said in previous episodes that I don't want to get married and I don't know if I want kids, but I really don't want to be alone. If it's like a partnership or marriage or whatever, I don't want to spend my entire life alone. Like again, I am an extrovert. I get my energy from being around other people. And that concept for me, I keep trying to wish away my aloneness because I mistake it or loneliness. And my loneliness drives a large portion of need for validation or need for being around people. And largely is what has me on the dating apps. And I hate being on the dating apps. I really solely, purely hate it. And I don't know how to have fun with it. Like, I'm on Raya, I'm on Hinge, I'm on Bumble, I'm not on Tinder, but like, since moving here, 
I have had zero success, zero, zilch, none, none. So I really like, I've been trying to not get as down on myself about not being in a relationship because the people that are on these dating apps, like when I'm looking around, I'm like, I'm actually not that interested. So like, why would I compromise my values, what I'm looking for, just because I'm lonely? And again, I really don't truly think that I am lonely. I think that I am just alone for the first time in my entire life. I have lived with somebody for all 25 years of my life until this very point. I guess for all 24 years of my life, because as soon as I turned 25, I was alone. But for 24 years, I have always lived with somebody, whether that was my family growing up, except that there was this one time. I did live alone for a summer, and it was probably one of the worst experiences that I have to date. So I lived at this Airbnb when I was interning in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was living in Rock Hill, South Carolina. If you do any sort of research or Googling of Rock Hill, South Carolina, you'll notice that the population demographic is typically retirees. And so as you can imagine, I probably did not make too many friends that summer. I can actually count on it one hand how many friends I made that summer and it was one and it was one person that I met during my internship and we now only are connected on LinkedIn we don't we're not really like friends anymore and he didn't live in Rock Hill South Carolina I think he lived in Alabama and we would just text each other text each other because we were doing the same internship internship but just in different locations and that time in that Airbnb, I remember the very first night that I fell asleep in there, I started bawling my eyes out and called my dad at I don't know what time, maybe 1 or 2 a.m., telling him that I thought that Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, was going to, was going to break into my apartment and kill me. This was kind of unreasonable for a multitude of reasons largely because ted bundy has been dead for i don't know maybe like 15 years and for some reason i thought that he was actually not dead and he was actually breaking into my airbnb that i had chosen to stay at in rock hill south carolina so that was my first real experience of living on my own or I guess that was my dad's first experience of me living on my own. But it was difficult. It was not the most fun thing. I also didn't have a full kitchen. And so thinking back on it, I really don't know how I did it. I fully just ate like garbage. I must have. I don't know. I didn't have a kitchen. I had a refrigerator and a microwave and a George Foreman. And so I would make, that's what I would do. Oh my God, that's what I would do. I would make grilled chicken on my George Foreman. And then I would make microwave rice and black beans and use the refrigerator to keep cheese cold and would literally eat a chicken, rice, bean, and cheese bowl every single day and for lunch I would have like a turkey cheese wrap with carrots 
yeah. So I won't say that I'm that much more efficient at making dinners or making food for myself. Normally for dinner now, I make myself some frozen Trader Joe's meal or like some two-step thing. Like this week I have portobello mushroom burgers, which sounds really bougie, but it's literally just a portobello mushroom that I'm going to put into my air fryer and then take out and put on a hamburger bun with cheese, avocado, tomato, and lettuce. And that is arguably better than what I was eating when I was in Rock Hill, but at the same time, it's still, like, not, like, where's the vegetable? Is mushroom a vegetable? I don't know. I guess the vegetable is the tomato and the lettuce, or is to I never remember. Is tomato a fruit or vegetable? Not important. Nonetheless, um, yeah, so vaguely eating a, a marginally eating a little bit better but at the same time it's really nice to know that like no one else is really depending on me for a meal so if I don't if I don't feel like cooking I don't have to I can just have like 10 handfuls of trail mix and call it good which is what I did tonight and we'll see like I mean again this is going back to my after school snack thing like I came home from work and I was like God, I would love an after-school snack, and I just started devouring trail mix, which for some reason, and maybe I should look into this, I get a stomachache after every time I eat. Okay, but enough of snacking and enough of what I eat. It is just nice to not have anybody rely on me. And so I'm trying to flip the narrative of my life of trying to constantly be seeking out something that I don't have instead of relishing, which I don't know why I keep using that word and I'm going to stop, why I should begin appreciating where I'm at instead of where I want to be because there is so much of my life that I can remember wishing away. I remember wishing away living in that terrible Airbnb in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I remember wishing away a week because I wanted to be done with an exam. I remember wishing away Two weeks, three weeks, last year when I was really excited to go to Antarctica. And there's also been times where I want to freeze time of I want to stay in this moment forever. And I'm starting to realize more and more what those moments that I want to freeze in time are. And I'm trying to make more moments that I have in my life feel that way of I want to make this exact moment. I want to make this podcast that I'm filming right now last forever. I want to do this forever. And so I'm trying really, really hard to figure out what each one of those things are. And that way I can feel that way more often. And I'm not feeling like I want to wish so much of my life away. And especially in the realm of loneliness versus being alone. I think a lot of my loneliness doesn't even stem from the fact that I want to be with somebody else because I'm perfectly comfortable going to a restaurant to eat by myself. I'm perfectly comfortable going hiking by myself. But at the end of the day, like, I really need to go and take my car tire I really need to go and take my car to get my tires filled. I don't want to do that. I want somebody to do that with me and I don't want like you know what I mean? I just want that companionship to make 
that better. But I also, at the end of the day, want companionship so that way I can enjoy those moments that I want to last forever that much more because there's somebody else there sharing it with me. So that's my thoughts on that. But again, trying to flip that narrative and there might be something in your life that you're really dreading that you're wishing away that either it's maybe college or your last two weeks at your job like really relish in I I said it again I don't want to say it really take in the fact that this is the last time that you'll be doing this like this is make every moment that much more enjoyable and try and recognize the positive things that exist in that moment. And I say that knowing that not every experience is a positive experience. Having the ability to look at your life, and I mean this in like the broadest sense of life, that you're looking at your life in a different lens of, is this is me wishing this away or is me feeling lonely really a product of me feeling lonely or is it a product of something else? Is this really me wanting to eat 10 handfuls of trail mix for dinner or is this something else? Like there are so many things that if we take the time to be intentional and ask ourselves, why are we really feeling this way or why are we really doing this, that we get to the root of the the desire or the issue that much faster. And so that's all I'm recommending in this scenario of flipping the narrative. But it is a really helpful practice, especially in situations that you're like, ah, why do I keep feeling this way? And I'm trying to deploy that practice at work because I'm having a really difficult time. But we're, we're working through it. We're flipping the narrative. We're making it a more beneficial situation. So if anybody has tips and tricks for how to flip your narrative at work, please send them to me. I am open ears listening. But yeah, so that's largely what I think has been weighing the most on me in terms of my life and in terms of things that other people are also likely dealing with is really assessing if you're alone or if you're lonely because there's a difference. I don't mind. Again, I don't mind being alone and I think you can take a lot of sanctuary in being alone, that you don't have to take care of anybody, that you don't have to have anybody relying on you, that you are the sole provider, sole person that you need to report to, which there is a lot of power in that. And I am trying to recognize all of that beauty and all of that power as best as I can. But some days it is harder than others. I will admit it is very hard. And there are some days that I want somebody to just take care of me as opposed to me being the constant caretaker of myself. But yes, so that's the episode. I hope that you can take something of value away from this in terms of really identifying something that you have in your life that you might not necessarily be enjoying at this point in time, but you could potentially flip the narrative of how you're viewing that scenario or that obstacle or that challenge or whatever it may be and view it in a different lighting that may make that struggle feel a little bit more manageable and feel like something that you actually might enjoy doing, but you just think that you don't. So my 
thing of that nature was being alone and thinking that I constantly had to be around people, especially because I am an extrovert. But again, it is nice to just be alone and to recognize that being alone isn't going to last forever. And, or maybe it won't, maybe it will. I don't know. I think you can't predict the future. Speaking of which, psychics are really expensive in California. Not fond of that. Uh, but yeah, can't read the future. Hopefully I end up with somebody. I'd like to end up with somebody because I want to be with them, not because I don't want to be alone. Because I think that there is a good difference and recognizing that now of do I really want to be with these people that I'm meeting on these dating apps or am I really just that lonely that I'm willing to compromise where I'm at as a person and I'm not saying that all people on dating apps feel that way but I feel that that was my what I was doing in how I was using the apps so Again, if you want to use the apps, you do you, boo-boo, and you get on them, get on that grind. I'm rooting for you. I know a lot of people in successful relationships because they met on dating apps, but for me, I was compromising a lot of basically anybody that was willing to like me. I was like, oh, perfect. We must be a match made in heaven because I also like me. Nonetheless, I hope that you can identify something in your life, maybe take a little bit of recognition if you are a person that is alone, that being lonely isn't necessarily the root of your problem. Comfort in being alone is. So re-identify that and take a look at your life in a different perspective. Get back to me. Let me know how that goes. But Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast, and I will see you next time. Bye.